On this week's episode of Peak Too Early, we have an interview with Brooks Beastmiler Henry Wynn. We also talk about Galen Rupp's decision to hire Mike Smith as his new coach. We talk a little bit of drugs, and we break down the new design for our brand new t-shirts. So let's get it started. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron. And I'm joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I want to have your back here for a second. So just to just to preface this, okay, I, I understand that we're not experts here on this podcast. We're not professional athletes. We're not coaches. <laughs> and we don't claim to be. That that is That is what we do. That is our market audience, okay? We are just guys who love sports and love running. And are having a good time talking here. So that's what we do. So, and and I don't I don't want to take this this time to attack our fans because I like our fans. Our fans are great, and I want you guys to make fun of us when the time comes right. But Steve calling Philip Ingebrigtsen, Flip Ingebrigtsen. He, he spells it with an F. <laughs> he spells it with an F. It's hilarious, and it'll be hilarious every single time. And listen, that's <laughs> what's gonna happen on this show. And Steve is ta- taking a little bit of flack on social media. It is what it is. But listen, if you want a podcast that every once in a while isn't going to make a mistake like calling Flip Ingham Brinson, I mean, that's his name now, if, <laughs> by calling him that, then I can make you a list of like a thousand running podcasts that will put your ass to sleep. <laughs> and But I guarantee you they'll call him Philip Ingham Brinson every single time. So there's my rant. I got your back, Steve. Listen, the fact that I called, you know, one of the greatest, you know, uh, distance runners, track distance runners, uh, you know, in the world right now, the wrong first name is the reason why this podcast is great. That's what we do. <laughs> and as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm doing wonderful, boys. Speaking of unprofessional, um, you guys got your wish. You got you got Trent Rogan tonight, so That's I'm all what jacked I'm up. About, baby. My muscles, are, my shoulder uh, and back are kind of screwed up from a snowboarding fall. I uh, went to the doctor earlier today, gave me a fresh, fresh load of prescriptions. So here I am. I, I went no holds back. I, I just went for it. So um, if I make mistakes, like call Flip Philip, then oh, sorry guys, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Glad to have, glad to have Trent Rogan back. Guys, we got we got a great podcast. I'm excited to get get into it. We got a lot of news to cover, and we got a great interview. So let's kick it off. Let's get into the running news. <laughs> So our first piece of running news, massive piece of news, a new piece of news that kind of shook the entire running world is Galen Rupp finally announced who his new coach is going to be. He announced that it's going to be Mike Smith, the head coach of NAU. Wild news. Nobody saw this coming. What do you guys think about this? Steve, this this really shocked me. This is bizarre. I mean, is Mike Smith even good anymore? <laughs> when is the last time Northern Arizona has won a cross country championship? I, I don't even, I can't even remember. Those guys were a dynasty, you know, once upon a time. 
things are going off the wheels there. They're falling apart. Weird choice by Galen. Maybe it's because Mike Smith, you know, hasn't put that much effort into the Northern Arizona team, so he has all this effort to to now give to professional athletes on the side. So I don't know, Galen. Why don't you pick a, a team that's relevant? Mike, before we let you loose, I, I mean, this is such this is such a strange move. Like I don't I don't understand it. Like I mean, being a a, a head coach for a major uh, track and cross country program is a lot of work. Like there's a lot of spinning plates that you have to deal with. Um, you have a ton of people that you have to have to coach. But to add, you know, the you know one of the fastest, if not the fastest, marathoner on your plate. Um, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, I mean, Mike Smith won't be the first college coach to be coaching professionals as well. I mean, people have done that in the past, but I don't disagree with you that it is a little out there and a little bit, I mean, it's definitely surprising. And, but to me, the more I think about it, the more it makes perfect, perfect sense for Galen Rupp. Now, I'll get to Mike Smith in a second here. But for Galen Rupp, let me paint you a picture. This guy is, over the last decade, one of the top, arguably the number one American distance runner in the game, doing his thing. And he has been coached by one Alberto Salazar since high school, through college, through his professional career, nobody else. And, you know, there's plenty of people who like Galen Rupp, but I think... There's a lot of people that don't like Galen Rupp, and I think one major reason is because of his association with Alberto Salazar. Oh, so you what, think? Yeah, I know. So what does Galen Rupp do? He takes, like, this clean-cut college coach who is all about, like, trusting his athletes and teamwork and team building, and the whole sport right now is rallying around Mike Smith. Everybody loves Mike Smith. So this is a huge court of public opinion move for Galen Rupp. He is trying to get back into the game, and he has this opportunity to kind of start fresh with a new coach, new image, and now he's coming into the trials. I, I think there's people there that didn't even think he was going to be running at the trials or competing at the trials. He's going to be there. He's going to make the team, and he's giving himself, I think, a second shot here at his career because he's running out of time, but he's still at the top of the game. I think this is a huge, huge win on Galen Rupp's side. So... Before this news was announced, I was kind of formulating a very unique opinion and a different take on this whole Galen Rupp situation as we go into the Olympic uh, marathon trials. And, and that was that, like, we talked about it a lot. Our sport needs rivalries, and more important than rivalries is we, we need villains. In order for this sport to kind of get exciting and for people to care about it, we need people – it's almost more important to have people to root against than it is to have people to root for. And I wanted Galen Rupp to just kind of turn and embrace this villain role and go after it and have the – and line up on race day and have the entire field hate him. You know what I mean? Kind of kind of play the heel. And I think that – I think, you know, having having the, you know, you know, the favorite going into the marathon trials – be the villain, be the heel, would make this one of the most compelling uh, running events of all time. I, I get what you're saying, but American distance running needs a hero right now. And they need some, and he's our only hope in the marathon, in, in the high-level distance running, to medal on an Olympic stage. I mean, that's just the facts of it. And I know I find myself 
having a hard time getting behind the guy and rooting for him. And when we're on Olympic stage and he's wearing USA across his chest, we need to be rooting for him. So to me, it's like I need a reason to root for him, and maybe this is is a reason for it. And not to mention, Mike Smith made some, like, in an interview with, I think it was Runner's World or something, he made some comments basically like, I trust Galen Smith, and I or Galen sorry, I, I, I trust I, I trust Galen Rupp, and if I thought that there was any foul play whatsoever, I would be the first one out. And I think that's like huge words coming from somebody who's like well-respected in the running world right now. He has way too much, a huge career ahead of him, Mike Smith does, to be making those comments. If he gambles and then something Galen Rupp like pops negative or some story comes out, he's screwed in his career. So I think that holds weight by him saying something like this. And do you know that they didn't even know each other before? Like the first time that they had ever talked was when Galen Rupp called him and asked him to be his coach. So then, so Mike I didn't Smith, know that. And so yeah, Mike Smith went in and like me... did all this research. He brought him in for interviews, all this thing. So I mean, whether so, you believe so... it or not, it holds weight that this guy who the running world likes and trusts and respects is saying, "Hey, I believe in my guy." So that makes me hate this move even more because. That proves that this is purely a PR stunt by Galen and Galen. Maybe. Because, like, I was just like, you know, I was under the assumption that, you know, they had some sort of relationship and he really respected what he was doing at, at NAU and he liked, you know, his, his coaching style. But you're telling me they didn't know each other before Galen picked up the phone and called him? Correct. It's purely a PR stunt? Correct. I can't stand this move. I Plus, hate this move on so many levels now. On that point. What history does Mike Smith have of coaching marathoners? I mean, I didn't do my, my full, you know, bibliography research on this, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any history coaching marathons, so that's weird. And we're not talking about the fact, if we're talking about a kind of PR stunt, this is a huge gain for Mike Smith. And I know, Mike, you just said, you know, all these words he put out there that, that he believes in his athlete. This looks so good for him recruiting runners to come to NAU. Oh, now I'm coaching Galen Rupp on the side, like the face of American distance runner to a lot of people right now. He is now kind of under Mike Smith's tutelage. That's a recruiting play right there. I'm not saying that Mike Smith, you know, doesn't have the best intentions with all this, but he has a lot to gain by bringing Galen Rupp aboard. This is not just like a, uh, uh, you know, I'll bring it on because I feel like coaching him. It's like, whoa, this is going to make the NAU program look real good. This is a, look at all these news stories about the NAU program right now. Like everybody's going to be wanting, not everybody, but this is this is a big recruiting advantage for them. That's so, that's where I disagree with you, Trent. Yeah, because, I, I first disagree of all, big time. NAU, NAU has already cemented themselves as a dynasty powerhouse. They're already a destination site. And when Mike Smith announced that he was the coach, that's as high as his stock is going to be. I get it. This is a huge move for his career. It's a very positive thing, and it's going to allow him to, you know, have the the resume to to coach high level athletes, and it's good for his program. It's good for him. It it went his stock went skyrocketing. But let's say Galen Rupp fails under his tutelage, looks bad on him. If he gets popped for anything, there goes Mike Smith's career. He vouched for that guy. Listen, Mike Smith is one of the hottest names in this sport right now. And he was going to get to this level eventually. He was on that trajectory. He's a young guy. He was going to get there. This accelerated it. I'm just afraid maybe he accelerated it with the wrong guy. I think this is very good. And, and Steve, whether you want to say it's a PR star or not, that's one thing. I, I can get behind that. But I think this is a huge win for Galen Rupp and his reputation. And I think it's a bit of a risky move 
for Mike Smith. It might pan out, and I think it, it will be uh, a good thing in many ways for his career, but it could be a very, very risky one. Well, I think the big, you know, thinking about it, the biggest loser in this whole situation would be the NAU cross country program because this is kind of the beginning of the the beginning of the end of Mike Smith's collegiate coaching career because you know I believe that he he can take a runner like Galen Smith and have tons of success with him and that's the beginning of his like you know uh you know elite professional coaching career outside of the NCAA um so you know you start taking on other athletes. I don't think you can really do both. I don't think you can be, you know, a professional elite coach. You know, maybe he gets an offer from a brand to kind of take over their program. Um, so, you know, I think this might be the beginning of the end of the, you know, Mike Smith era in NAU. Maybe the hottest take is the biggest loser in this is the listeners of Peak Too Early because now we were just forced to talk about Galen Rupp for 15 minutes, the most boring guy on planet Earth. No, no, I disagree, Mike. Like, I think he, I think that there's a there's a level of excitement that wouldn't exist if everybody was, like, buddy-buddy and, like, you know, everybody loved each other and, you know, there was no speculation kind of going into the trials. Like, this 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 makes the story compelling going into into the, the marathon trials. And like I said, you know, whether you like it or not, Having a villain, having something, somebody that everybody wants to root against is going to make that race exciting. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, anyways, on the same note, and I hate the fact that this is kind of the the, the perpetual topic at the top of the show. Talk drugs, baby. Well, we're going to talk a little more drugs. Um, drugs. Wilson Kipsang suspended for anti-doping violation. So, now, Wilson Kipsang was the world record holder in the marathon or in the marathon before Kipchoge. What do you guys think about this? Steve, can what song would be like a good song to have in the background every time we have to talk about drugs? I feel like mm. we should have some background music for uh for for talking drugs. What about like um so we could go one of two ways. You could do like, you know, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Yeah, yeah that. You could do that, or you could like do like some like. Riding dirty, riding dirty. That's a good one. Cool. Oh, chameleon. I love that. I was gonna go, or you could go like, you know, some like like super like, you know, stoner, like Bob Marley music. Oh, that's good. All right, so I here, like what, riding dirty. I think right, so dirty. we'll play riding dirty, and here's the rule. We can't talk longer about drugs than the song Riding Dirty by Chameleoner. So we'll play that low in the background. And if we talk longer than that, then I don't know what the punishment would be, but there should be some kind of punishment. One, one revision to the rule. We can't talk about performance-enhancing drugs for longer. Well, that's Trent Rogan <laughs> over here may want to have some interesting conversation about all sorts of other fun stuff. But yeah, we don't got to talk PEDs or, or blood doping for more than um, whatever, whatever we make the rule to be. Well, how long? How long is the song? We gotta have like a, a reference for how long the song is. So let's see here. Riding, rolling. They hate Let's see. Let's see. What's the what's the length of the song? So it's four. It's four minutes and four seconds. So we oh, can't man, talk that's about way that. longer than I thought. Yeah. We yeah, could just so, do like a couple verses of it. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mike. So uh, let me get the stopwatch going. All right. So what's your take on this? So my take is. I think we should just start, like, getting behind, like, just defending all these people using drugs. And I, I'm joking. I don't actually <laughs> mean that. But it's going to be the same con- – if we don't find a, a better way to, like, have more interesting conversation about this, it's going to be the same damn thing every single time. Because I can promise you 
This isn't going to be the last time we're talking about it. It's it's going to riddle. It's a 2020 Olympic year. It's going to be part of the conversation throughout the whole year. And I guarantee you the biggest name of this whole scandal. I mean, this guy was a world record holder in the marathon. We have not heard the biggest name that's going to drop in this scandal. Someone's There's going to be bigger and bigger names and someone that's going to blow your mind. Ooh, so. What are you saying by that, Mike? I'm, I'm not. So the former out, world record holder isn't going to be the biggest I'm not throwing any names out there. I'm just telling you. This isn't where it's going to stop. It's not stopping now. So, uh, I don't know. we got to find a, a more interesting way to talk about this cheating crap because nobody wants to talk about it. It's terrible for the sport. How about, how about this for a little little angle on the story? Maybe you guys already knew this. I did not. Just read that Kenya, so the, the home country for the latest person tied up in the in the Perform Hansen drug scandal, they say they plan to impose criminal penalties, including possible jail terms, on athletes caught doping by the summer of 2020. So Kenya said a lot of people get busted recently, and their government, not just their track governing body, their government is taking it super seriously, and we could see Kip saying behind bars. That's well, you know what's interesting step. is I was reading an article that Kip Sang over the last few years has like spoken out super yeah. hardcore about Kenya's process for this whole thing and how you know they don't do a good job informing their athletes and this and that and the other thing. So we probably should have saw this coming because he was very vocal about Kenya's, uh, you know, the way that they handle their athletes basically. And so we pro- we probably should have seen him coming and now the way the handler athletes is gonna put him behind bars like you said so you know i've been thinking a lot about this how do you like what's like a significant step towards ending this um and one thing that kind of came to mind why not get the sponsors involved like why not in if, if 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 one of your athletes and your you know one of the sponsor brands gets popped for something like this then the brand gets fined or something like that i don't know how that would work out i'm just trying to brainstorm ways that, that they could potentially take stops and take steps towards ending this because you know the current system it's 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 not doing anything i mean has any sport really like figured it out uh especially sports like running that's really just a a physical um you know who, who's in better shape or who can do this specific thing better than another like we see it in all these types of sports and i don't know i don't, I don't know if there's the right answer like i certainly don't have a good idea for how to uh properly handle this i mean you turn on sports center right now and you're gonna hear about cheating scandals in football you're gonna hear about cheating scandals in baseball you're gonna hear about that all day long the problem is our sport isn't big enough right now to handle this crap football baseball even baseball which is a you know a lot of people consider a dying sport it'll be final it'll handle it our sport can't handle this crap right now people are going to turn away and leave the sport yeah i guess this is really all that gets covered when you're looking at these articles you don't have to go to let's run or flow track or wherever you go to to read about running stuff this is on guardian espn this is on real major news websites and it's the only running stories that make those websites and while you're dealing with world records like i mean you know, it's, it, it, it puts everything into question, right? Would you rather talk about shoes or drugs? Uh, 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 shoes. Shoes. I think shoes just because at least I can get more passionate about it. I can yell at people for having ridiculous... That's it. Done. The buzzer. That's it. And that right. was that was talking drugs. That was, that was, that was riding dirty with P2 early. Um, <laughs> All right, we are going to get into our interview with uh, Henry Wynn of the Brooks Beast Track. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. 
we are joined by the 2016 NCAA Indoor Mile Champion. He's a 351 miler, and he was a runner-up at the U.S. Indoor Mile Champion Championship. Henry Wynn, welcome to Peak Too Early. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, we're excited to have you. So we are calling you from Albuquerque. So I assume you're getting in some uh, some uh, altitude training in? Yep, doing some altitude training up here for about six weeks. Um, been here for a week, so getting used to it finally, but it's been going well so far. So what do you got? What do you got next on the calendar? Um, I'm still figuring that out. Uh, I'm thinking I might open up at UW. Or, uh, I think it's February 1st. Uh, I haven't raced in a little while, so just getting back into shape right now and focusing on that. But then hopefully uh, UW and maybe U.S. Championships as well. Any uh, any indoor miles out here on the East Coast? Um, I think there's talk about another fast one at BU, but uh, I haven't heard too much about that. We might try to get All Josh right. Kerr to pace some of our guys. <laughs> Very nice. Well, hey, my, my first question for you is, you know, looking at your career, you seem to have a ton of success at the indoor races. Is there something that you like about racing indoor versus outdoors? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'm trying to, you know, change that to be more successful outdoors, but indoors is fun. Um, I think it's just there's not as, not as many conditions to deal with. Um, it's early in the season, so you're in good shape, feeling healthy, all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I've talked about this with, with people. They think maybe it's because I'm big and I can kind of box people out more and use that to my advantage. But, uh, you know, I'm not, not too sure why that's the case. Last on last week's pod, we were talking about the electric atmosphere of the indoor races, where you know the, when the crowd gets going, it really gets loud in there on like an outdoor track. Do, do you feel that when you're out there? Is it is it more energy from the crowd when you're racing an indoor? Oh, for sure. That um the race that I ran 351 in last year, where Yomif Kajelcha set that world record at BU, was probably the craziest race I've ever been in, just because you know BU doesn't house that many people, but they were screaming for like 10 minutes after the race it was that was fun it is bu just i think everyone here has run on the bu track is bu track just the greatest thing in in the entire like i don't care if you're running a seven minute mile you feel like you're going so damn fast going around those corners and like you said there's not that many seats but it does have kind of that stadium seating vibe to it it's it's just the best right oh i love it and I feel like if you open up a season there or have a big race, you're always confident that you're going to run fast. So I think it plays into uh, the fact that people normally do run pretty fast there. Henry, I think I have a, a solution for your uh, for your outdoor racing here. So I remember watching you in the um, finals at USA's um, this past year. And I, that, that's when I became a big fan of you because I remember watching your race and being like, wow, I love the way this guy races. You made a big move. You know, in the middle of the race, he kind of went to the front of the pack and started pushing the pace a little bit. And I swear to God, if you had run, you know, maybe 200 meters less of that race in lane three, you were going to win it. <laughs> I was I was like, man, this guy just ran like 1,700 meters on this. So I, I think that's the solution right there. You, you would have won yeah, by like I've watched that race a few times and I kick myself every time. I'm like, what was I doing out there? But it was, uh, I mean, it was my first U.S. final and I thought I had a chance of winning. So I said, I'm just going to send it, see what happens. And unfortunately, it didn't play out quite as I had dreamed, but 
looking back on it, uh, I think I could have spent a little more time closer to the rail. <laughs> well, I'm glad you agree with me because I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, Henry. <laughs> Yeah, I've got no, no, that's a, that's a good take. I've had coach, my coach Danny roast me for it. I've had my teammates roast me for it. I've had friends roast me for it. So I'm used to hearing it. And I, and the good thing is at least I agree. <laughs> I can tell you this much. I won't be making that mistake this year. Yeah, you're talking about the, the ability you have to throw bows and everything. That's that's way more valuable on the inside than on the outside. You want to be able to, to get in there and, you know, you can hit, hit somebody right in like the chest, right in the neck with it, with that right elbow on the inside of the track. I know it's uh it's it's a blessing and a curse because I'm one of the bigger guys out there, but uh, I also have a big kickback, so it's easy to get tripped up, and yeah. that's happened a few times. But it's nice to have you know be a little bigger. I'm thinking one of the tallest guys out there, and so I can kind of assert myself a bit. What's um when you're when you're lining up at the USA Championship like that, and you're lining up against you know the best runners in the country? What's going through your mind? Are you are you kind of like I, I think there's two different mindsets you can be in. It can be one of these things where it's like what the hell am I doing here? How did I get here? Or it's like, you're just like, I'm going up against the best in the world and I'm going to try to beat them today. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting situation I found myself in because I went into USA's this year with the number one time and it was my first US champs. And so I think there was a, there was a little pressure on me in that sense, but I wasn't feeling it too much because I'm like, you know, I've got Matt Centrowitz in the race. I've got Craig Engels in the race. Some guys who I've raced before who are friends and who I know have been extremely successful in the past. So it's like, I'm not thinking about the fact that I had the fastest time or anything. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm just going to go into it. And I believe whenever you get into a championship, no matter what, anything could happen. Like, it doesn't matter who's number one, who's last. So 2016 NCAA indoors that I won, I think I was ranked last place. And I went into it as confident as anybody else, I think. Yeah, you mentioned some big names that were in that race with you, but none of them have quite as good of a track name as you. I mean, Henry Wynn, your last name is literally <laughs> Wynn. Can, rate your uh, rate your name as far as a track star goes. Shoot, I, I, I don't know if I've heard any better ones. I think <laughs> if, if I start winning a lot this year or something like that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come in handy. It did back yeah. in the day in high school and college and stuff, so... What just, what uh, is the get on. what are the nicknames that get generated out of that? There was like I remember everybody would just be like oh like all he does is win all you do is win remember that DJ Khaled song that was, oh, that was yeah. a little bit that my friends would joke with me uh, I think the biggest stretch I ever heard was Gone with the Wind that oh was, I like don't know where they yeah. came up with that one but uh, <laughs> what about what about Win Sanity I, I, I like that. Little, now yeah, I think they I think that's a good one. If you want to, guys want to start that, I'd be happy. Oh, now that Lynn's saying he's kind of in the rear view. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I gotta imagine there there could be a little like you know, a museum of all the ridiculous signs out there, right? Like people have those dumb dumb signs that you see when you're running by they're trying to get on T V or something. Um all all the all the Henry Wynn signs, that must be a good collection. <laughs> maybe we yeah, have to I'd start like to it. Have a I don't few know. Of those. Maybe bring them to my room. <laughs> Uh, some of those signs are less motivational than people think. I, I'm, you know, they are they're out there at a road race, and it's just like just finish. You're like, oh wow, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of like that. Uh, so you you mentioned your coach uh, Danny Mackey, and he's a he's somebody that we've had on the podcast uh, not too long ago, actually last month. Um, what's it like running for Danny? Oh, uh, it's awesome running for Danny, and I like to. Um, 
I like listening to your guys' podcast because he explained a lot of his, his reasoning behind things and it was good to get a little insight into his mind because sometimes he's, you know, he's a, he's not, he's a quiet kind of guy at practice. He's very, um, he, he met, he's very like methodical with the things that he does. And so that's awesome because he puts a lot of thought into every single workout, every single lift. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some coaches, luckily I've had great coaches in the past, but you know, some people are doing workouts like, I have no idea why I'm doing this. And if you ask Danny, why are you doing something? He's got some scientific long explanation that you get lost mm-hmm. in halfway and you're like, all right, all right, I get it. We got it. <laughs> we'll do it. So this is a question that might uh, lose a lot of our listeners, but I'm going to go for it anyways, because that's what I do. Um, who, speaking of Danny Mackey, who has had a bigger impact on your racing career, uh, Coach Danny Mackey or Coach Jonathan Foster? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go with Danny. And, you know, he's, I got to give him the, the love on that one. Sorry to Johnny Foster. I, I know he was, uh, he was a big influence back in the day. Speaking of uh, Coach Foster. Uh, I think that was my first captain ever. There we go. So Coach Foster was a, a teammate of or team of mine in college. You know, Mike and I knew him well. I roomed with him a couple of years. Um, he did have a celebrity question to shout in here. So you just mentioned he was your senior captain. His question was, how did John's senior leadership when you were a freshman set the table for your success? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to I'm, I'll give him a lot of credit there. Those guys whipped me into shape when I was a freshman. I was kind of uh, a troublemaker kid. So. I'll I'll give him some love and say that he helped me out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of troublemaker are you getting into? I feel like track stars, you know, the it's pretty lame trouble that they get into. Uh, I was just always getting in trouble in school, getting detentions and things like that, and kind of track set me set me well lame set me on track. But <laughs> I uh, yeah. It, it whipped me into shape and, you know, I didn't want to disappoint my coaches like, or my coach like Laddie in high school or my captains like Johnny. So I stopped um, messing around quite as much and stopped getting detentions and doing dumb stuff with my friends. Still every maybe once it, in a while, but not, not as often. Maybe it wasn't the track runner in you that was getting you in trouble. Maybe it was the lax bro in you. Cause I understand you're, you're a lax bro. Uh, <laughs> do you want to blame it all on your, your lax history? Yeah, I'll blame I'll blame it on that. I had the lax bro flow. I had all that kind of stuff, and so, you know, once I I started being good at track, I cut the hair, I dropped the attitude, and <laughs> I became I think I became a little bit of a better person. <laughs> how do we How do we get runners to talk cool like lax bros do? What, 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 <laughs> no, what, no, no, we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys ever watched the old YouTube video of my new haircut, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard of that one. It's got that was uh that was actually my lacrosse coach when I was in middle school. No way. <laughs> so I think he might have had you know positive and negative influence. I'm not sure which one, but yeah, that's where I learned it from. <laughs> Mike, you got to put in a uh, a drop from that right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll put that in. <laughs> Game time. Excuse me, sir. You have to check in. Not now, chief. I'm in the fucking zone. I'm gonna get fucking wasted tonight. I'm gonna drink Heinekens and Jaeger bombs all fucking night. Jaeger bombs, fucking shower in that shit. Fucking Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs, fucking Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs. All right, all right. <laughs> enough, enough of these, enough of these clowns questions. Back to the, back to the serious questions here. Um, so you know, like you said, we had Danny Mackey on. Um, you know, we've had a couple people from the Brooks Beast team on, and I'm fascinated by the Brooks Beast team. I think it's just a really 
unique group. Uh, it's a really unique training group and a, and a really fun group. And, you know, when we had Danny on, he was talking to us about how it was recruit day at Brooks and he was having all of his potential recru- recruits out to uh, out to the office to kind of, you know, try to get him to, to join the beast. Um, can you take us through a little bit your decision to kind of join the beast and kind of and go and go to Brooks? Um, you know, kind of what went into that decision? Yeah, it was um, so it, it was kind of an interesting path for me because I I'd, I'd done really well my junior year in college. And my senior year uh, was less than perfect, I would say. I had a knee problem I needed to get surgery for. I had um, come NCAA regionals outdoors. I got pneumonia, actually, so I didn't even make NCAAs. I was, uh, I was out in Portland, though. I watched NCAAs from my hotel room because I was at the Portland Track Festival. So um, I got to give Danny a lot of credit, and I always say it that like, he believed in me. And so I really appreciate that. And so... You know, whenever I'm racing or training, I, I want to make sure I'm making him proud. And I think we've done a good job as a team together, um, him and I, uh, improving and getting better and racing well. So hopefully he feels like he made a good decision. Uh, it was actually between the Brooks Beast in Seattle, obviously closer to Connecticut, where, where my family is, and the Melbourne Track Club was the other team. Really? To, so, uh, yeah, I think I'm. Wow. You know, I love those guys, and I've met Ryan Gregson and all them, and they seem like a great group of guys. But I'm, I'm glad I stayed in the states. Yeah, when you said when you said a little bit closer to your home in Connecticut, I was like, what team is he going to say next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my um my coach Pete Watson in college, his advice, you know, he's a fanatic for running, and he made a lot of sacrifices to get to where he is. And his advice was like, just go to whatever team wants you. You know, you can get good anywhere. Uh, he liked Danny. He liked the Beast. He's like. If they offer you a thousand dollars, go out there and live in a cardboard box. And luckily, they, luckily, it was a better <laughs> offer than that. But that was my mindset going into it. For sure. Did you do an official visit in Melbourne? Uh, I did not. I think I was actually. I had to cut the, or break the news to Melbourne when I was out doing my visit with the Beast. I just I decided kind of then and there that that was going to be a better fit for me. And I think it's worked out. The team's been building since I got there, and we've had we have some great guys and everybody's been improving you got you yeah. got in a wrestling match with brandon kidder and josh kerr <laughs> and you just couldn't you couldn't leave yeah <laughs> well, I, yeah i didn't want to face brandon because i know he's tough but i, I can take josh on <laughs> yeah nice. did, you, did you uh actually actually you uh reached out to us and and said that you got some good stories from that do you did you take one of them on did you show them uh show them what you're made of yeah, I wish I had, you know, I think Josh is somewhere in the house right now to dispute this, but I was grinding <laughs> him into the mat for a while during jiu-jitsu, and he doesn't like to admit it. I'm sure he would be but the last I, uh, person I, to admit that. <laughs> oh, definitely the last person. But then I have to admit that I went up against the uh, the lady who owns the place, and she's about 140 pounds, and she put me in a pretzel and choked me out in about two seconds. So oh, boy. not as tough <laughs> as that makes me sound. <laughs> oh, man. What what what's that house like? How many how many Brooks Beasts are living in that house? I feel like this is now becoming a a more like famous and famous house just from our our interview with folks. Oh right yeah right now we're in Albuquerque so Josh doesn't live with us but back in Seattle we've got uh, Brandon Kidder and Drew Window and I and then we have two other roommates and two dogs so it's a it's a crowded place. Shout out to Polly and Aldo our dogs. Um, but it's it's an awesome house. It's been handed down through through the team for a little while now. And I think the landlord just doesn't realize that it's the rent, the cheapest rent in Seattle. So <laughs> we're happy to stay there. <laughs> you, you were kind of talking about your decision to, to, 
you're kind of talking about your decision to you know make the the deal with Brooks and to go with Brooks Beast. How much is because we love talking to the Brooks Beast guys. Every time we talk to you guys, it seems like you guys have the coolest personalities, awesome guys. How much does that play into the decision to be on that team and and sticking with them? Is just having such a a good group of people that you train with every day. For me, uh, that's huge because you know I, I've heard a lot of people training on their own, and when Garrett he used, to, he used to train on his own, and he's told me about it, and that's something I don't think I would thrive in. I love having like the accountability of a team, and it makes it I don't even know I'll give it a million times better being with people that you actually enjoy spending time with. Like we're friends, we hang out outside of practice, we play video games together, we do all that, and then we get to train together and talk trash, and you know run hard in practice it's it's a lot of fun and so hopefully people see that when they're watching you know videos of us or listen to interviews and it makes people more interested in you know, following the team or joining the team in the future it's, it's a lot of fun absolutely well hey henry we won't we don't want to take up your whole night this has been a ton of fun talking to you um and you know it goes without saying 2020 is a, a big year and we're really looking forward to to watching your race this year um but we end every interview with a quick game so mike why don't you kick off down the home stretch all right down the home stretch you are a native uh guy from connecticut i currently live in connecticut so it's got a special place in my heart so we're going to rapid fire some questions at you about connecticut trent's going to start us off go ahead trent yeah, I mean, I, I'm from New Hampshire. I spent a lot of time in Massachusetts, a New England guy through and through. Um, what does Connecticut bring to the table? I don't understand. <laughs> Connecticut, uh, for me, it's, I mean, I love living there because I live on the on the water, so I love having the ocean nearby. Um, more importantly, I think it's got some of the best pizza in the country. Mm. I hope uh, you guys have ever been to Pepe's. That's maybe one of the best pizza places ever if you listen to barstool sports they agree for sure um so that's probably our biggest our biggest biggest selling point new haven pizza that, that actually brings me to my question i was going to ask you frank pepe's sally's or modern i'm gonna have to go with pepe's i uh i had oh. a big long run there last year and then i uh, went to pepe's and it was one of the best things i've ever had in my life so i'm still Pe- still uh living off that and haven't found anywhere on the west coast that even matches Peppy's is all right, but I'm, I'm a Sally's guy through and through. You would be a Sally's guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> you Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this question has lasted this long, but it's the most important question of the interview. Yankees or Red Sox? I'm a Yankees guy. I was born oh, in New no. York, so I've got to stay true. Sorry if that hurts anybody's feelings, but yeah, oh. I've got to go with the Yankees. Should we cut it right now, or do we want to keep going? Yeah, I don't even think we're going to air this It was good up until then. Sorry, guys. (laughs) All right. Is is Connecticut, uh, more importantly, part of New England or part of the Tri-State? I feel like it has to choose one. So so make a stand right now. Tri-State or New England? What do you want to be part of? I'm going New England. Wow. We have the New England championships in track. True. Very true. It's true. All right. So here's a fun fact. Did you know that... As long as you are not the one behind the wheel, it is legal to drink in the car in Connecticut. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, now you do. We, uh, all right, I'll make sure I'll tell my friends back there. I've driven through Connecticut. I think more people behind the wheel to drink than the passengers. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, there's they're some aggressive drivers. <laughs> um, Mohegan Sun or Foxwoods? Oh, great question. Very good question. Ooh, I actually haven't been to either. 
Uh, well, next my first, time. My first casino experience was Vegas. So I'm not sure if, if anything compares. Well, next time you're back on the East Coast, we'll take you. Oh, perfect. Sounds good. So he can sign. <laughs> That's the correct. So he can sign. All right. Okay. Every every time I drive through Connecticut, I feel like my drive is there's two main landmarks I notice, and it's billboards for like adult stores, and then <laughs> old trains with graffiti on it. When are we gonna clean up the Connecticut highways and make it a little more presentable? Should probably have done that a while ago, but you know that adds a little character. It, it reminds me of Seattle, where I live in Lake City, because all we have is strip clubs. So <laughs> you know, driving through Connecticut, driving through Lake City, same thing. Makes me feel at home. <laughs> So Mike, that's how you pick drugs. Mike, yeah. Mike, hit him with yeah. the last question. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. it feels just like Connecticut. <laughs> Is there a single song written about Connecticut ever in the entire history of the world? <laughs> um, not that I can think of. Yeah, I don't think so either. There's, there's no, like, I'll, I'm going to go look that up after this, though. <laughs> Uh, Henry, thank you so much for coming on. This was a ton of fun. Um, good luck with the rest of your training at altitude, and good luck this year. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, take thanks, care. Henry. And they stay there. And that interview with Henry Wynn was brought to you by the Irish Clover Road Race in Drakeit, Massachusetts on March 8th. Guys, I've said it a bunch of times. It's going to be an awesome race. It's going to be an even better after party. Come to the race. Take your shot at winning $250 prize and uh, have a good time at the after party. But Guys, we have some big news, a big announcement, something that we've been teasing for months now. And we're going to be dropping it. We're going to be showing it off on our Instagram page tomorrow. And we'll be dropping it on our website on Friday. We finally, we finally have some merch for the for the fans. We got some Peak Too Early t-shirts up for sale on the website. Guys, I'm pumped about this. Steve, the social media world was going crazy over your almost reveal the other day. People well done. happy. Well, no, no, they loved it. It was great. The anticipation <laughs> was built. It was fantastic. You did a little video. You're like, oh, we're going to show our new T-shirts. And as soon as you're about to lift it up, boom, the video cut out. It was fantastic. It's a little, little tease, a little tease. I just want to give a big prop to, to the, the podcast here for actually making this happen, the execution. That was a New Year's resolution of mine was for the podcast to execute on some of the incredible ideas that we've had to make the pod better and to get some fan engagement. And the fact that it's happening is is impressive. So um, shout out to to us for being great about accomplishing New Year's resolutions. So I'm going to read the description of our T-shirt and kind of the inspiration for it. So the infamous Stop Pre-Shirt became the symbol for the rebelliousness of the unstoppable Steve Prefontaine. In the spirit of one of the greatest runners to ever do it, peak too early won't be stopped. Wear this shirt to show your support for the greatest running podcast in the world. We are going to work this podcasting game until it's a pure guts race. And if it is, we are the only ones that can win. Let's go, guys.
Can I'm I buy 50 sure. right now? Can I buy 50 after that description? <laughs> so obviously, obviously we modeled it after uh, we modeled it after the stop the famous stop pre-shirt. Um, it was an idea that came to Mike and I halfway through the Boston Marathon while we were delirious out there, out of shape, drinking Miller Lights, you know, trying to power our way through 26 miles. Um, but it came out awesome. It came out so good. I'm so pumped. Dude, I love it. The, the shirt is great, and. I think it's inspiring to be like, all right, what's next for us? I feel like we got so many low-hanging fruit that we could capitalize on here for shirts, and we just got to start brainstorming. Maybe the listeners can help us throw out some ideas, but it might be a little bit till we can start getting those ones printed. But I think we got to get the engines moving and, and start getting our next shirts on there. And guys, like, you know, like we, we, we mentioned it in a previous podcast, like we're not really trying to make like a, a ton of money off these shirts. Like we've been doing this podcast for almost about a year now and it costs money. There's little things that add up and it costs money and we're charging $18 a shirt. So um, they cost a lot to make. So we're not char- we're not marking up a whole lot. We're trying to um, make enough money on this shirt to continue to put out content and continue to do fun things, maybe new shirts. So we're not really trying to make a, a, a ton of money. Think of it as a Kickstarter. Like if you want to support the support the the podcast and help us grow, um, you know, buy buy a T-shirt. Yeah, this this T-shirt is is like Steve says to Kickstarter. It's to pay for some of the expenses up front. Uh, the next shirts that Mike was talking about, that is just to line our pockets. That is yeah, so we yeah, have some that's extra where we money rich. that we can. So we make yeah, that money. That's where we're trying to make it. So this one is to support us to get by. The next one we're gonna go crazy with. And there are other podcasts that will just like straight up ask you for money to help support it and keep things going. Like we're never gonna do that. Like we're always gonna like try to give you something in return if you ever give us a cent. Um, and this is kind of how we're doing it. But if you did just want to give us money, yeah, if you want to won't say money. no. Just DM me out. My Venmo account's pretty I'm not easy. Not gonna ask for it, but you could give it to us. <laughs> Trent, what, do you have any good shirts ideas? I was thinking like um, we could try and like get people to team up against each other and have three. Uh, it's like a, a one shirt, but it's a three shirt series. So it's like. One shirt will say championship season. One shirt will say bender season. One shirt will say taper season. You buy the you buy the version of you know the one that is the most important to you. I like that. Yeah, I like so that a lot. It. You like get team people teaming up against each other type of thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we could just do some like some modern art stuff. So just get like blank white tees and sell them for like eighty bucks or whatever, <laughs> and be like, this is super artsy. What do you guys think about that? Or we could just like hang them and like throw paint at them. And, like, have, like, original designs, like, you know, abstract art. Another thing is, Stephen, we ran, or the three of us, when we ran the Boston Marathon, we ironed on those shirts. <laughs> we could just get, like, do a crap ton of those and just have the letters, like, hanging off. It'll be, like, a vintage, <laughs> it was, like, vintage P2 yeah. early shirts. Yeah, and I promise, we these aren't iron-on shirts. These are, like, professionally done, <laughs> like, legitimate shirts. But right. if you do but want an iron-on shirt. Yeah, the yeah. next ones will be iron-on for sure. What about what about one of my 2,000 old, like, running shirts that I've got from, you know, random high school meetings? I think I can sell those. Will people buy that? <laughs> yeah, right. Game-worn? The yeah, ones yeah. that have been through the wash, like... 50 times too many, and they, they're shrunk in and don't fit anymore, and probably yeah, have, like, gross like stains the, on them. Probably the same in New Hampshire, like, freshman, sophomore, you know, invite of 2008, that kind of thing. The 2007 Bay State Invitational long sleeve. Yeah, right. 
You have to be like, you know, I have so many race shirts and I, I have too many. You have to have like a pretty awesome shirt for me to want to keep the shirt. You know, I'd say I'd probably say 75 percent of the time I don't even take the race shirt anymore. Like, I don't even bother, like, taking it to, like, give it a good will. It's just, like, it's not even it's not even worth taking up space in my closet. But the Irish Clover shirt is pretty awesome. <laughs> you, but you guys have seen it, though. It is pretty dope, though. It, it's good. It's a good shirt. It's no, you know, no, uh, it's no stop P2E, but it's a good shirt. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. So, guys, it, this shirt is going to be um, up for sale on Friday morning. And there's not a lot like this first this first, um, you know, line of shirts. We didn't get a ton. Um, so it's very it's very it's like limited edition. So if you want your opportunity to buy one of these shirts, you you probably should act quickly because we're going to run out of sizes. We're going to run out of shirts um, and you're ha- you'll you'll be out of luck until our until the uh, the P2E second shirt. Um, so and if you do choose to buy a shirt, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We're going to you know, we're having a lot of fun doing this um, and we're going to we're going to keep growing. Guys, on that note, why don't we kick off the bell lap? Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? So kind of on that note, um, we kind of got our, our website going now. It's peaktooearly.com. That's where you're going to be able to buy our T-shirts. And also, uh, we're going to try and start writing some blogs. I'm hoping to release my first one this week. Uh, it'll be a lot of the stuff I talked about on this episode. But I, I think the, the kind of idea is it to take a different approach like we're doing with the podcast and not have it be your standard articles that are boring and hard to read and stating facts. It's going to be our reaction to stuff and it might be running news. It might just be random crap in the running world that we want to talk about. It can be whatever, but that's kind of what we're trying to do here with this. And so uh, in, in the next you know weeks, months or so, Head to peaktoilet.com, check out some of our blogs, and uh, hopefully over time they'll start getting a little bit better and better, and uh, we'll start to figure that out just like we figured out this podcast game. That's right. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Big shout-out to the uh, random stranger that I ran into in the north end on my way to work the <laughs> other day. One of my resolutions was for the fans to come out of the woodwork, you know, <laughs> asked for my autograph, uh, really gave me a good shout-out, and some some crazy person. He was going by the name of Flo. I don't know if that's his first name or last name or what, but uh, he was a big fan of the pod. I think he was a big fan of me particularly, and he, you know, gave him a selfie, gave him some of my time, had to shoot him along so I'd get to work. But it felt good to to be recognized, so I encourage more fans to, you know, find your way out and, and give me a give me a hello when you see me out there. Trent, I saw the video that he posted online about that, about meeting you, and your heading to work outfit is almost as ridiculous <laughs> as your at work outfit. What is wrong with my heading to work outfit? <laughs> go to peak too early on, so it's peak number two early on Twitter to, to watch the video of Trent. He's got a big ass yellow star. <laughs> Looks like a goofball. It was it's, cold outside. <laughs> and hey, Flo wasn't the only one to, to recognize somebody. Mike, you got recognized in public too. Too. was our guy uh, our guy Colin right yeah we uh I went to a uh, local five miler I was trying to trying to get some extra miles in with some people because I did too so many do too many miles by myself and uh I ran a, a pretty slow race but my man Colin hit me up after I I wish I I got to drink some beers with them after but yeah it's pretty cool being able to like show up to some you know random five mile 5k road race and you know there's fans of fans of the program there so 
uh, we'll try and do a better job of letting people know where we're heading so that we can meet up with people, do some miles with them, and, you know, drink a few Miller Lights with them. Absolutely. And, guys, our our tickets are booked. Our, our hotel is booked. Our bags are packed. We are officially heading to the Marathon Trials. So we're going to be going there. We're going to be getting some content, maybe getting some uh, some interviews with people. Um, if anybody's going down to the trials, be sure to hit us up. Or we'll grab a couple beers with you. But other than that, I wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it Every year since like Mike was like in like sophomore year of high school, me, Mike, and uh, me, Mike, Patrick Donovan, and Pat Florence always bet on the first score of the national championship game will be a safety, right? And like we've been like kind of close before, but did you watch the game last night? I did not watch it, no. Okay. I mean, I, so I read all the recaps and everything. First drive, first drive, Clemson comes down, they punt it in, within to like the seven yard line, right? On second down, um, Joe Burrow is wrapped <laughs> up in the end zone, and it manages to get a pass off, right? And so it's like we had our hands on the quarterback. We'll never, ever be that close ever again. Clemson comes down, gets stopped at like the 35-40. They punt again to like the three-yard line, right? And there's a tackle. On the, the, the running back gets tackled, and his shoulder pad lands on like the one centimeter line. <laughs> And, like, we've yes. never been this close before. It almost happened twice in the same game. Well, like, we should just stop because that is the closest no. ever. Yeah, he got it right. I will do this till the day I die. <laughs> Turn 
Desert Road.